0: I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. And I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion the number to call, 646-727-3070. 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show blog, talkradio.com, slash Send messages to the show on Twitter at Go4 Can. And while you're there at G O F O R I T G A N T, Go for a Can, give me a follow up, at Go4 Can. And also make sure you hit up the website, GoForGan where we continue to talk sports and have fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by one of the stars of the big three. Ice Cube's new league, three on three, coming to Brooklyn Barclays Center, June twenty fifth. Rashad McCanns will join us. Rashad is a member of Team Trilogy of the Big Three, and we're going to talk to Rashad about that. Talk to him about, uh, you know, what he's got in, in terms of if he's go- is he going to put up big time numbers? Is he going to win a Big Three championship? What's it like to, you know, be a number one pick in the Big Three? You know, I mean, it's something. It's most definitely something. It's not something you just say, you know, not a big deal. I mean, it is something. Is it the NBA? No, but it is something. And it's an opportunity for him to showcase his skills, his talent, and what he brings to the table. And who knows? Maybe the NBA will come calling again. Who knows? But we're going to be joined by Rashad McCann. And as we go throughout the course of this hour, we're going to talk some NBA playoffs. We're going to talk some LeVar Ball. We're going to talk NBA draft lottery, and we got to talk LeVar Ball and Christine Leahy, and let's go right there. LeVar Ball, Christine Leahy, and, you know, these two got into it um, on the Colin Calherd Show. Christine is a co-host, is the co-host on that show with Colin. And on that particular show, you know, Ball was – being interviewed by, I guess in theory both of them, but more so Colin Cowherd. But anyway, as they were talking, Ball and Colin, uh, Christine interjected, and with the, you know while interjecting, you know Ball said pretty much, "Hey, you know, stay in your lane." You know, I, I, I really he's basically saying he really don't want to talk to her. Not really a big fan of her. You know, she has said some things in the past about Levar, about his kids, about some things going on over there that he didn't necessarily like. And because he didn't necessarily like it, he really didn't want to engage or talk to her. And so it, it got into, you know, something big and, you know, them going back and forth. And ultimately, you know, LaVar, she, she basically accused LaVar of threatening her. And if you heard, heard the sound, I, I guess you can make that argument. Somewhat, but not necessarily. I, I don't think LeVar Ball was threatening her. I, I think LeVar Ball was just, you know, saying, hey, if you continue down this road, bad things could happen to you. Now, again, I can see how somebody could perceive it as a threat, but I think at the same time she's overdoing it. You know, I, I think at the same time she's doing a little tad too much. I, I think at the same time it, it's really – I don't think what LeVar was doing was threatening her. And I don't, you know, I think LeVar was just trying to dismiss her. LeVar was just trying to move on from her. But LeVar, you know, here's the thing. LeVar looks bad from this standpoint. First and foremost, if you're trying to, you know, start a shoe line and apparel line, you probably should try to appeal to women. I mean, women buy Nike stuff. Women buy Under Armour. Women buy Adidas stuff. I mean, so I think if you want to grow your brand and grow your apparel line and grow the big baller brand, I, I think you need to sell it to women. And that was the point that Christine Leahy was trying to make, and I think that's a fair point. If you want to sell sneakers, you want to sell apparel, you, you can't just take out one whole part of the market and, and say, you know what, we don't want women. You got to say men. You got to say women, boys, girls, all all these things. And to me, I thought that was a mistake on LeVar Ball's part. But I think LeVar, you could argue, may have come off as a bully, fair or unfair. He came off somewhat as a bully. He really did. Now, do I think he was being a bully? No. I thought, hey, Christine Leahy was coming for him. LeVar felt she was coming for him. So LeVar felt, you know what? You're going to come for me. I got to check you. And and that's essentially what LeVar Ball did. He checked her. And in the process of checking her, it turned into, are you threatening me? And da, 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 da. And I felt like Christine Leahy has turned herself into the victim. And I don't think she's a victim here. I mean, she came for LeVar. LeVar came for her. And, you know, all is fair and, and, and that, and, you know, when you guys are coming for each other, if I come for you, if I come for a, a person, you know, and, and I'm saying this, that, and this, veta uh, to you, you're going to kind of, you're going to come back at me. You're going to check me if I try to check you. That's just the way it goes. If you, if I check you, you're going to try to check me back. That's the way it goes. And, and I think LeVar felt, hey, who is she to come at me like this? Who is she to say the things that she said to me, about me? And, you know, since she said those things, how am I supposed to respond to them? I don't like her after she said those things. Same for Jason Whitlock. I mean, he's not a fan of Jason Whitlock. He said the only thing Jason Whitlock can talk about is snacks. And, and so, I, I again, I don't think it was a good day for LeVar Ball. I really don't. I, I, I think it was a bad day for LeVar Ball. I, I'm thinking on some level maybe LeVar should apologize. But I, I, I honestly don't think LeVar has anything to apologize for. I mean, he could apologize for the perceived threat. I mean, that's the only thing he really could truly apologize for. But other than that, I don't see what LeVar Ball – could apologize for. Now, he can easily throw out a fake apology just to appease the masses if you will and just keep this thing moving. Or he could just you know, bunker down and you know, you know, just hey, look, I ain't doing anything to you. You did something to me, I just responded to you. I mean, he could easily go that route. And to me, he won't be wrong. Now, from a PR standpoint, maybe it's best that he does come out, apologize. If it's not, you know, give a fake apology. People do it all the time. People do it all the time. Especially if you're married. That's another story. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if you're the far Ball, I feel like you need to come out, throw out a fake apology, and move on with your life. That's it. Move forward, go on with your life, and and, and that's it. But I feel like at this point, if I'm the ball cam, LeVar comes out, he apologizes. Hey, I'm sorry for what you perceived as a threat. That wasn't what I was trying to say. I'm going to clarify what I was trying to say, clarify whatever he was trying to say apologize, move forward, and after moving forward, say, you know what, from there, because he's moved forward from there, excuse me, I believe LeVar should just chill out on the interviews, I think. I I think eventually, see, the thing with LeVar Ball, eventually you're going to keep doing interview interview after interview after interview after interview after interview. And doing all these interviews, eventually you're going to say something stupid. And that's just the reality of the situation. You're going to say something that you might regret. I felt like the exchange with Christine Leahy, again, he wasn't wrong in my opinion, but he might regret it from the standpoint of what he was talking about in terms of a woman's line. And I thought he kind of messed, that's where he messed up. That's what, to me... That's where LeVar Ball messed up. But I feel like if you're LeVar Ball, you need to have, if, if you want to grow your brand, and, and hey, LeVar Ball could be a lot smarter than I am. But if LeVar Ball wants to grow his brand, you know I think you should expand it to women. Here was the exchange you know, uh, between LeVar and uh, Christine Leahy and talking about uh, a woman's brand you know, LeVar coming up with a woman's brand. Here's Christine Leahy, quote, in order to have a successful company, I think you're going to have to have women that like your brand. Uh, Lavar's response, uh, yeah, if you have a woman's company, but we're talking about big baller brand. So that's basically saying on some level, you can kind of translate that as saying LeVar's like, look, we ain't doing this for women. This is not appealing to women this is appealing to men to dudes you know this is what that we're appealing this brand we're we're trying to market this brand to men not women men. and and so i just felt like that not a good look for lavar that that was not a good look for lavar and i feel like That's where LeVar kind of went, went wrong, kind of messed up a little bit. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, Colin Calhurt said this. Hey, LeVar Ball came on the show. We set digital records. You know, people are talking about LeVar. People, you know, want to – people love LeVar. And and I've said it numerous times. When writing about LeVar on GoForItCanSports.com, you know, this guy moves the needle. And when – LeVar talks, people listen. They really listen when LeVar talks. And they care what LeVar says. LeVar says the most outlandish, craziest stuff. People like to hear outlandish, crazy stuff. And that's what LeVar gives you. He gives you no filter, you know, straight, straight, and no chaser. And people love straight and no chaser. People can criticize and people will criticize straight with no chaser, but people love straight with no chaser. And LeVar Ball gives it to you straight with no chaser. That's why Undisputed has them on with Shannon and and, and Skip. That's why Colin Cowherd has them on that's why ESPN has them on, that's why everybody and they mama is trying to get LeVar Ball on their show because LeVar Ball, when he talks, we all sit down, we, we cross our legs and we listen. We laugh, we call him crazy, we call him stupid, we call him dumb. Some of us, some of the things that he's saying, some will say he's crazy, some are saying dumb for what he's saying. Some are saying he's, he's, he's ridiculous. Some will say he's crazy. Some will say he's lost his mind, uh, so on and so forth. But you're watching, you're listening, you're sitting down and consuming it. And, and so you keep coming back for more. And guess what? Because you keep coming back for more, everybody's gonna put LaVar on their show. Everybody's gonna talk to LaVar because you keep coming back for more. But I do believe at this point in time, it's time for LeVar. I think he's promoted his stuff enough. I mean, I, I mean, I, I will say this. Uh, let me take that back. I don't think you can promote your stuff too much. I don't think there's no such thing as too much promotion. You, you keep promoting and promoting and promoting till the wheels fall off. But I almost feel like LeVar needs to take a media break, a, a little bit of a media break, and, you know, try to just lay low. Let this story kind of roll over. First and foremost, go out and apologize. You know, do that, get that out of the way. You know, I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. And then you just move on. And I think that's what LeVar Paul should do. Will he do that? We shall see. But Christine Leahy in this particular situation is no victim. Let's be clear about that. Let's be clear about that. She is not a victim. And I think we can all agree on that and say that Christine Leahy is not a victim here. LeVar Ball, you could argue, came off as a bully, but hey, he was defending himself. You know, he felt like she wronged him. He felt like she said some things that were untrue. And again, when people say things that are untrue, you got to go defend yourself and Levar Ball did, did yes, defended himself so i have no problem with levar ball and what he said and what transpired on that show in theory i do i do think it was a bad day for levar ball from the standpoint that again you're not giving you're not you're not trying trying to sell to women you're not trying to sell to women and i don't think that's a good look That's where he went wrong. And, again, he may come off as a bully to some. and and Unfair. To me it's unfair. But I understand why some people would say that and and think that. Again, unfair. Again, not right. But, again, I understand why people say what they say. So let's get to on the basketball court. I mean, we got a big game, two coming up out there in Boston. Cleveland went up in Boston and just tapped that, just tapped that tail. They just went up there and and not only beat them, but beat them down. I mean, he beat them. They beat them down. Bron Bron continued to play big-time basketball. I guess you could say turning back the clock, if you will, but he's still big-time. He still hasn't – I guess he still hasn't slowed down. We've been waiting. We've been waiting. And, and you know, you've always wondered with LeBron James's game, will it translate to when he grows older? And, and what I mean by that, well, you know, obviously there's going to be some point in time where he's not going to be able to go to the basket the way he goes to the basket. There's going to be a time where he's not going to be able to finish the way he can finish at this point in his career there's going to be that time and we don't know when that time is going to come. And the think about LeBron guy, hasn't had any major leg injuries. I mean, no major injuries in general period. This guy has found the way to stay healthy and been the pillar of health throughout the course of his illustrious career, his hall of fame career. And when it's all said and done, he could go down as the goat. He's not the goat right now. And, you know, we could say, well, What would it take for LeBron to be the a goat, the goat? I should say. I mean, I guess obviously you got to get at least five championships. Six will probably help. Um, well, the you got to get the championships. I think you got to get at least five. I think once you get five. I think once LeBron gets five, if LeBron gets five, I, I think we can start that conversation. In terms of him being better than Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan was a special guy, man. And you know, I, obviously, over time we forget how special Michael Jordan truly was. I mean, come on, you know that there. You know, we're watching, um I was watching NBA TV, and he talked about I think that was 88, 89, where Michael Jordan had that triple-double string where he's playing the point guard for the Chicago Bulls, who were struggling at that time. Michael, you know, helped turn things around, brought some big time things to the table as the point guard, and messed around and started averaging, you know, he didn't average a triple-double for the year, but messed around and started, you know, getting triple doubles here, triple doubles there. I mean, the dude is special. You know, you go 6-0 in the NBA Finals. And, you know, you're the MVP for all six of them. So you're the reason that they won the championship. You're the big reason. They don't win the championship without you. You are the reason that you won, that your team has won a championship. And so we look at this guy, LeBron James, and and just how special he has been. I mean, the dude has been special throughout the course of these playoffs, and obviously he's been special throughout the course of his career. And obviously when you come back from a 3-1 deficit in the NBA Finals, something that has not been done against a team, that won 73 games, so a team that, in theory, was the best team ever in terms of win-loss record within a regular season. I mean, for you to win three straight games, three straight games against a, a Golden State team that won 73 times in the regular season, 73 times, when you do that, when 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 you're in the team that beats that team that won seventy three games three times, including two times in their own in their building, you've done something special you've done something amazing you you've done something that many thought couldn't be done. When you're up three one, it usually lights out. When you're up three one, it's usually Game set match. And then the NBA finals, as I said, it's always been game set match. When you're up 3-1 in the NBA Finals, I thought it was over. I I I, I thought I thought it was over. I, I thought it was done. Cause we talk about a Golden State team that was 39 and 2 at home during the regular season. 39 and 2. And so I'm kind of getting off where I was talking but I'm just going to go with it. But they were 39-2 and two at home. So Cleveland had to go and beat Golden State two times in their building, in a building that that Golden State team has not lost, but only twice. They only lost only two times in their building. And Cleveland won two times in their building during the, that NBA final. That was amazing. LeBron James is the reason for that. LeBron James. LeBron James. But, I mean, so with all that being said, the guy's at a truly an amazing level. And the guy is doing things that people thought he couldn't do anymore. He's playing, man. He's he's, he's getting it done. 34 points per game in these playoffs. That's amazing. Nine rebounds a game, seven assists. I mean, the stat lines are ridiculous and crazy, night in and night out. The numbers that he's putting up are ridiculous and crazy, night in and night out. And, oh, by the way, you could say, well, this is the Eastern Conference. But guess what? He went through swept a 50-win Toronto team. He went through, and now, you know, game one against Boston. But he went into Boston and just beat him down. And I'm not going to say the series is over because it's just one game. And I think we, if we say the series is over after one game, I mean, obviously, we haven't watched a lot of NBA basketball. A series can change fast. It can change fast. And when it changes, and when it changes, and when it changes, boy, it changes. Again, Golden State was a 3-1 last year against the Cavaliers. And that series changed fast and very fast. When Draymond Green got suspended, that changed things. That most definitely changed things. When he got suspended, that changed a lot of things. And again, and you could argue maybe Cleveland doesn't win that series if Draymond Green does not get suspended. I don't know. But they just went in and, and they did what they needed to do. But, again, in terms of LeBron catching Michael Jordan, he's got to win at least five. He's got to win at least five. And and if he can do that, he can do that. And... Five is not necessarily out of the realm of possibility. I will say this. At some point, somebody's going to come in the Eastern Conference. Boston, you know, obviously, they got the number one pick, and they can still get themselves a big-time player to add to what they already have. So that's the team, obviously, that you have to look out for. Boston. Now, in terms of, you know, I guess some team is going to come. I mean, some team will come. Obviously, some team will step up. Who is going to be? I'm not sure. But Boston is is going to be there. I think Washington, if if they can make some moves, you know, they'd still need they still need one more. They still need another piece. If they can get that, they can get that next piece. They can get that one more piece. They're a team you have to watch out for. This might sound crazy, but the Philadelphia 76ers, if Joe OMB can stay healthy, if Ben Simmons is the guy that we think he might be, and add that to, you know, another lottery pick this year. Then next year, you know, you got the Lakers unprotected pick. So if the Lakers I mean, heck, let's just say Lakers just add Lonzo Ball. There's a good possibility Lakers won't make the playoffs again. And so at that point, if you're the 76ers, you have another asset. So they have a bunch of assets in Philadelphia. And with having all those assets, obviously, you know, you're, you're a team that could be on the come up or you're a team that could, you know, parlay those assets into something special. And again, I'm not saying Philadelphia is is coming this year, you know, the, the year coming up next year, I should say, or the year after that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're that close. But what I'm saying is at some point, they're a team I feel like you're gonna have to deal with. And Cleveland's gonna have to deal with. I mean, Kyrie Irving, I mean not Kyrie Irving, uh Kyle Lowry saying, look, it's gonna be difficult to get by in the Eastern Conference as long as LeBron James is here. 13, I mean, excuse me, 32 years old. 13 years in this league. I mean, is he going to slow down at some point? Sure, they all do. Have to. Father Time says they have to. So they're going to slow down. He's going to slow down at some point. It's... But... When that happens, I don't know when, but it's going to happen. So when that happens, Washington better be ready. When that happens, Boston better be ready. And I thought, you know, coming into these playoffs, Cleveland couldn't defend anybody. Couldn't defend anybody. Even even in that first round, they really didn't defend Indiana very well in that first round. But after... That first round. You know, I guess Toronto, they defended very well. May have helped that Kyle Lowry went out for a couple games. But let's be real. Let's be honest. Let's be true. The reality is they were not winning that series. If Kyle Lowry was in there, out of there, over there, wherever there, they weren't winning that series. Toronto wasn't. They weren't. And maybe they could have extended it. But they aren't winning the series. And I always say, you don't want to play a lot of games in these playoffs. You want to play the minimum amount of games necessary. That's 16. But that's that's what you want to do. You wanna play any more than that. Because if you do, you play any more than that, guess what happens? Injuries happen. I mean. We've seen it. We've seen injuries and the impact that they have. Kawhi Leonard, that's big. That's huge. Changed the whole course of that series. San Antonio was winning game one if Kawhi Leonard didn't get injured. And I don't think anybody can deny that. San Antonio was winning game one if Kawhi was there to the end because after Kawhi went down that offense shut down and you can't have shutdowns against the Golden State Warriors because the reality is the Golden State Warriors are a team that can fill it up they can fill it up and quick they can fill it up fast man they can fill it up fast and before you know it 20-0 run before you know it you're losing. I mean, after Kawhi Leonard, I mean, they were up twenty three points when Kawhi Leonard was in there. As soon as Kawhi went out, they got outscored by twenty five points the rest of the way. And ultimately, the Golden State Warriors won Game One, and then Game Two was, you know, just a beatdown one thirty six to one hundred that's a beatdown uh, of higher highest proportion. I mean, that's an ultimate beatdown. And so Greg Popovich, I think he proved against Houston what he is as a coach. So I'm not going to doubt, I'm not going to, to count out a Greg Popovich coach team. I'm not going to do it. But I will say this, they better win tonight. They better win tonight, and they better hope their boy Kawhi Leonard can give him some big time quality minutes. If he can't, obviously it's going to be a difficult proposition. But if he can, if we can, if he if they can, and if they can, and if he's healthy, and if he's who he has been throughout the course of this regular season, which is an MVP candidate. San Antonio can get back in the series. They really can't. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's why you play the game. But it kind of its, it's – I'll, I'll say this. Golden State, and, and this is not a knock on the Golden State Warriors, and this is not to you know throw any type of shade per se on the Warriors in their championship run, but they've been fortunate over the years they've been fortunate and and, uh you know first and foremost when they won the championship last year two years ago excuse me it helped and I'm I'm not saying they wouldn't have gotten there and I'm not saying they wouldn't have won a title but you look at the NBA finals Cleveland was a shell of themselves they were a shell of themselves Kyrie was hurt Kevin Love was hurt Houston, the team that beat the conference finals, um, you know, Patrick Beverly was out. And again, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking anything off of what Golden State did in terms of winning the championship. Because that, to me, it's a little disrespectful. Like, they, they've been very fortunate, been very fortunate over the years. And I'm not saying the Clippers would have beat them. I thought the Clippers, you know, had a decent chance to at least give them a series, but we never saw that matchup. I mean, we we just – obviously, Beverly in that round, in that conference final, obviously, what happened in the championship, that meant something. I mean, Cleveland really wasn't at full strength. They were just – they didn't have their big-time guys there. Really didn't. Um, I'm trying to remember who they played the second – I know it was an injury, though. There was an injury in the first round. I also know it was known as an injury in the second round. I just don't remember who, but I'll look it up in a moment. But um, anyway, Golden State, very fortunate over the years. And, and so, and again, they're still, they still probably would have won the title when they won it that year. But, you know, they, they were fortunate. They didn't see Cleveland at full strength when they won their title. And when they saw Cleveland at full strength, we all know what happened. Just an observation. But they've been very fortunate over the years. We'll get back to that in a moment. But we're going to bring in a guy now, you know, trying to do some big things in the big three, Rashad McCants. Rashad had a decent NBA career. He he really did. I mean, Rashad McCants doesn't stink. And he put the ball in the basket. He can shoot a little bit. I mean, he doesn't stink. You know, maybe certain situations and certain things may have, you know, helped him, you know, not play in the NBA. may have helped that cause, hurt his cause, I should say, in terms of him being in the NBA. But the guy, when in the NBA, put up some decent numbers. And in his last year in the league, um, he did average 10 points per game. In less than 20 minutes per game. So he can score a little bit. He doesn't stay. But anyway, he was the number one pick in the Big Three draft. Big Three coming up in June, you know, 10 games. Barclays Center starts, eight teams. And so there should be a lot of fun. Ice Cube, you know, the founder of this league, Alan Iverson's a part of it. So you got some star power. Dr. J's a part of it. Star power there. So it should be a fun time. And, again, I'm not sure how great the league is going to be, but I will say this. They're joining at a great time. They're most definitely doing it at a great time during the summertime where when there's not a lot going on. And maybe it can catch on. And I hope it does catch on. And I hope you know Rashad McCann has a lot of success. Let's bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. The number one draft pick in the Big Three. Big Three gets started June 25th in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. Let's bring him in now. Rashad McCant. Rashad, how are you?
1: I'm good, brother. How are you doing?
0: Doing well. Thanks for joining us. And Rashad, you made history, man. First overall pick in the big three draft. Did you expect to go first?
1: Um I trained pretty hard for it, man. Um I just think it's uh more of an appreciation thing for my team captains, Al Harrington and Kenyon Martin, recognizing my talent and what I can do to help them win. So um, it was kind of expected. You know, I think that I was the best player that can help the team win.
0: So what does it mean to you to be the number one pick in the Big Three draft overall, the first draft ever for the Big Three?
1: It means just as much as going number one in the the NBA draft or uh, being the top recruit out of high school. Uh, there's a respect factor there. Um, it's a legendary new concept um, with legendary players, you know, guys that I've idolized all my life, like Gary Payton and Drew Irvin, Clyde Drexler, um, Charles Oakley, Rick Berry, you know, those type of names, Allen Iverson, Chauncey Billups, Steven Jackson, to be a part of um, something they're collaborating on is uh, monumental, and I'm just grateful and honored to be a part of it. So looking at your
0: team, I mean, Al Harrington, Kenya Martin, James White, Deion
1: Glover, you expecting big things from Team Trilogy? Big things, man. I think with uh, picking this team, the captains wanted to be able to switch everything, you know, to be able to guard opposition and also to create mismatches. I think we have all the components from shooters to dunkers to defense. Um, And, you know, Al being a a big mismatch problem is uh, something that we can definitely exploit. We're talking
0: to one of the members, team trilogy of the big three, Rashad McCants. So let me ask you this. I'm looking at the rules. And one thing that stands out for me is that four-point shot. Have you been practicing that four-point shot?
1: Man, the four-point shot is my specialty. If they had a five-point shot, I'd be a shoe-in for that as well. So in practice,
0: say you you shoot like 50, you know, four-point shots. How many are you making?
1: How many did you say, 15?
0: 50.
1: Let's just say 50. For sure, 50%. I'm going to shoot for 50%. All right.
0: So do you see the NBA at some point going to a four-point shot?
1: I do. I do. Uh, Especially when you see guys like Damian Lillard and uh, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, guys who can really stretch the floor beyond 35 feet. At some point, you have to start rewarding uh, shooters with that type of capabilities. Um, it's something that could uh, add to the game, for one. Uh, what you see now is everybody stopping and shooting threes now. It's become a three-point shooting uh, exhibition out there in the NBA game. And uh, it's kind of taken away from the overall skill of the game that was created early on that the 2000s and the 90s were pretty much predicated on, but I think with the four-point shot, it will make uh, guys who really can't shoot have to go in and practice and uh, get their shot better.
0: So I'm looking at you now, 32 years old. Are you using this platform on some level to get back to
1: the NBA? Um, I wish I could say yes. Um, but this is an opportunity just to be on a national platform again, and just to show people that I can still play at the highest level. Um, for the NBA, for some reason, it's just been a uh, an executive clash. You know, and not a lot of people know why I'm out of the league. A lot of people think that I was a bust or I was trash in the league, but they forget that I averaged 15 points a game in the league at some point. Years old, I'm in my prime. I feel great, and um, there's not a lot of guys that can stop me in the world, so I, I'm, I'm very confident that uh, the NBA will definitely look and see my potential, but I think that the, the character issues in the past and the, and the rumors and the reputation could always get in the way of that.
0: And, and I just look at, and, and to your point, your last year in the league, I mean, you averaged double figures, playing less than 20 minutes a game, so I think you can still play in the NBA if given the opportunity. So some of the, you know, maybe your reputation and things of that nature, what do you do at this point to kind of fix that?
1: Oh, we do interviews like this, man. Um, we continue doing, uh, philanthropic endeavors. We continue to give back to the community. We continue to be who we are, you know, um, my character issues have never been true to the matter of who I am. It's always been misunderstandings, misinterpretations, and um, you know, interviews like this can hopefully correct uh, anything that's been misunderstood. Um, just going out there and proving that I can play and be a team player, that's, that's pretty much why I went number one is because they knew what kind of guy I am. They knew that a lot of the rumors aren't true, so uh, they jumped right on the opportunity of picking me number one.
0: We're talking to Rashad
1: McCants.
0: He's a part of Team Trilogy of the Big Three. So, what kind of crazy rumors have you heard about you that's not true?
1: Um, attitude problem, uncoachable, um, not dedicated to the game. This is all surrounded of, you know around the whole Khloe Kardashian dating her early in the 2010s, 2009. Um, There's a lot of just different things that they just come up with. You know, um, not something that I really want to harp on, but those things are in the past. I'm 32 now. I'm a grown man. Uh, A lot of the things that were misinterpreted was when I was younger, around 24, 23, when making young mistakes and, you know, being in Hollywood, that kind of thing. But uh, it's all about business now. I know that the NBA is a business. I know the sports is a business. And taking advantage of business opportunities is, is, is most important at this time.
0: Do you think maybe you got caught up on some level? Like you said, you're 32 years old. You're a grown man now. But did you,
1: do you think you got caught up maybe? I think we all get caught up. For sure. You ask yourself this question, um, where's the mentorship? There's no mentorship programs. There's, there's no one to really, you know, help young guys who are on their own, making millions of dollars and telling them what to do, how to play the game, how to be professional. And um, that's where I take, you know, my foundation and a lot of my community work into these young, you know, basketball-minded um, kids and, and, and try to give them the mentorship that I did not have so, um, so that they know exactly what they're getting into when they get, they get to the professional level.
0: So let me ask you this now. Just get your thoughts on some of the things going on in the NBA right now. Your thoughts on the whole Zaza Petrullia, Kawhi Leonard thing,
1: was it dirty, in your opinion? No. No. Uh, if everybody looks at the play, man, he, he didn't even know where Kawhi was shooting from. He, he didn't look down. It was totally different from the Dante Kobe situation, Dante Jones, when he actually looked down to see where Kobe was landing. Um, those type of plays happen regularly when you're a shooter and when you're a defender. Um, it's just it's just one of those things where it just comes down. You know, Kawhi could have easily been going in for a layup or – a floater and come down on anybody's foot. You know that that type of thing happens, man. It's just unfortunate for the Spurs. You can't use that as an excuse of, of losing by thirty six points.
0: So, when it's all said and done, are, are we going to see Cavaliers, Golden State in the NBA Finals?
1: I think so, man. But you never know. We don't know how the Celtics the Celtics series is going to play out because you can't count out Isaiah Thomas. He's an underdog, man. He he's fighting for something bigger. And I think that uh, the redemption side of that story alone could propel them past the Cavaliers if LeBron James doesn't pull out his Superman cape.
0: Right. (laughs) And I actually expect LeBron James to pull out that Superman cape and do some big-time things. I mean, but we'll see.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: You know, Boston does have home court advantage. I don't know how much that means. It might mean something. But ultimately, I think Cleveland has the more talent, and, and we'll see how that works. So... Look at that team trilogy from the big three. Are you a championship caliber team?
1: I believe so. I believe so with the mentality of guys like Kenyon and Al who've been in playoff situations. Um, guys like myself and James White who NCAA champion and NCAA uh, Final Fours. You know, Dion is a, a, a known defender, known shooter. We have the, the element of understanding the game to be a championship-caliber team. And and so does a lot of of other teams. I mean, we have a core group of guys in the big three collectively that are just high IQ basketball players. So, you know, any given team can make it there. This is about who takes you over the top.
0: So let me ask you this, and and this might be a question that that some people may ask, but, you know, just looking at some of the ages, Kenya Martin, 39, you know, uh, Al Harrington, 37, you know, Chauncey Bill, 40. I mean, we got some guys a little older. But just looking at, like, a Kenyon Martin, I mean,
1: how much game does he have left? Well, you have to kind of marginalize a lot of the players because of their age. You have to put them in categories of what they can be successful at. You don't want to put them in situations they're not going to be successful in. Um, so, as Kenyon, being a defender, shot blocker, rebounder, dunker, you know, at 39, 40 years old, he can still do all those things. And uh, we wouldn't ask him to do much more because we have other elements that can be just as effective. Al Harrington, you know, 36, 37, can still move, can still shoot. Um, Myself and James and Dion are the younger guys that can pick up the slack. And um, we just, you know, stick by our vets and make sure that they're not doing anything they don't need to be doing. Do you see yourself leading the
0: league in scoring?
1: um i have no idea like i said it's it's uh it's a it's a it's a situation where i can lead the league in assists i can lead the league in rebound i can lead the league in points i couldn't lead the league in anything except for just getting a championship you know it's really about what the team needs you know how we approach it and just make sure that we fight and we compete that's what is really what is important end of the day
0: what can fans expect when they go out to a big three event?
1: I would say celebrities, NBA, former NBA legends, high intense competitiveness, long four-point shots, and lots of lots of yelling, screaming, and, and, and arguing on the court, arguing at referees. It, it's going to be something very entertaining, as you have to see. So,
0: Allen Iverson. You
1: know, just talk that he may play as well. Have you seen him at all, and, and, and what's he look like? I haven't seen him at all, but uh, Allen is Allen, you know. Allen's going to keep that same frame around 260. You know, uh, he's he's always going to be lightning quick. Uh, it's just about does he want it? Does he want to go out there and, and, and show it out for the fans? And I think that with his mentality and signing up for this, he does you know he does want to come out and give the fans what they want he's a hall of famer and uh it's only right for him to bring out some of that crossover juice for us for sure so
0: ice cube uh, you know one of the founders of the big three how much have you spoke to ice cube along the way during this process
1: oh man um uh, we've had a conversation uh during um some simulations of what we want to do with the big three and uh we uh, talked about some film stuff. We talked about some music stuff. And overall, just kind of thanking him for giving us all the opportunity to play in this uh, this league. And he's just a, a humble, gracious guy, man, who just loves basketball. And I think that's the good thing about the league is you've got a, a rapper, entertainer who just loves basketball, who wants to see these former guys play again. You
0: got a favorite Ice Cube song?
1: Today was a good day, man, and probably no Vaseline. All right, all right,
0: all right. So, so let me ask you this, and uh, just before we get out of here, Levar Ball, Lonzo Ball, Big Baller Brand, Zotus, four hundred ninety-five dollars, all that good stuff. What's your thoughts on it?
1: I love it. I love it. I plan to wear those shoes during the Big Three League. Okay. Um, I support the brand a hundred percent. Everything that he's doing, I'm not gonna say I agree with everything he's saying, but I know why he's saying it. He has to get the world's attention, and he has done just that. His son has done everything he needed to do as far as coming out and showing his his skill and his ability. Everything's right on track for them. They just need the support of their own people. To be honest, they just need the support, and everybody stop, you know, Stephen A. and and all and Shannon Sharp and all these guys talking crazy about you know what they like and don't like about this guy. He's a family man. He's trying to make a brand for his family and a pave a way for his family. And there's roadblocks that you're gonna to have to cross over to do that. And that's pissing a lot of people off in the process. So I'm with him because I, I piss people off on a regular basis. So I know what that I know what that process is like.
0: You like pissing people off?
1: <laughs> I do, man. I, I love ruffling people's feathers, man. They get so emotional.
0: <laughs> so, you said you're going to wear the Zotus during the Big Three. Are you going to pay the
1: $500? Yeah, I am. Okay. That's the only okay. way to support, you know? Hey, if you started something tomorrow and you needed support, I'd be the first one to support you, man. Right. That's, what, that's what being brothers is about, you know? Support. And let's not bring each other down, man. There's no reason for that. Definitely. I, I, hey,
0: I, I feel like first and foremost, mm-hmm. I like what he's doing. I think it's ambitious. I think it's great. And I think, hey, if you he's owning his own thing, so that that's a that's a great thing. And if you can afford it, why not buy it? I mean, but well, I will say this. Well, I, mean. I will say this. <laughs> if your 401k ain't jumping, if you're if you don't have a house if you don't have a functional car and you don't have a bank account I, you don't need to be buying
1: $500 sneakers in general but well i mean look look at look at this scenario look at this scenario you got Gucci you got Louis you got Nike you got LeBron you got Kobe you got Jordan you got uh, basketball jerseys you got socks everybody when you go out for christmas and they buy stuff for their kids it's going to come out to four or $500 Maybe a 1000 You know, people feel as if they're too much. It's too expensive. But everything we spend goes to other brands and goes to other cultures. So why not spend with your own people? Why not support? I mean, because ultimately what he's going to do is create a Nike Jumpman brand where the prices will go lower, and he will be able to expand and be able to marginalize and be able to really – Take advantage of this type of market. And I think that's what people are lacking, is that he's a smart man. He knows what he's doing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think, you know, talking about our people, you know, African-Americans, to be honest with you, I, I don't think we should be out there buying those type of, you know, Prada, Gucci, what have you, if you really can't afford it. And I don't think there's too many people that can honestly afford five hundred dollars sneakers.
1: I agree, but they're still buying them. That is that's, that's so true. That is so true. <laughs> they're, still, they're still buying them, and that seems to be a, a, a habit of what we do: is we uh, we spend above our means right. for the for the sake of perception. So. If we're going to do that, and if we're going to continue to do this, why not do it with our own people?
0: No doubt. No doubt. I totally agree with you. So, fans, June 25th in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, Big Three is coming at you. Make sure you go to the website, bigthree.com. That's bigthree.com, where you can go there, get some tickets, check out the schedule, and see what's going on with the Big Three. So, your first game, June 25th, killer threes, you know, that's a that's a roster that Chauncey Billups, Big Shot Billups, Captain Jack, Steven Jackson, you know, Charles Oakley, you know, Reggie Evans, Larry Huge, Brian Cook, got some shooters on that team. What should we yep. expect in game one?
1: Man, it's going to be highly competitive. You can expect a lot of trash talking from Al Harrington and Steven Jackson for sure. Okay. Kenya Martin and Steven Jackson, for sure. Myself and Steven Jackson. For, it's going to be a lot of Steven Jackson trash talking out there. Okay. That's what we All can right. expect. And we can expect a highly competitive game where, you know, the outcome is up in the air. For sure, for sure. Uh,
0: let me ask you this, a- and-, and you talked about Khloe Kardashian. I know you don't want to go deep in it, but do you regret that whole situation?
1: Deeply. Deeply. Probably the one mistake I wish I could take back. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Well, like you said, you live, you learn, and you do the best you can.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, fans, again, go to Big3.com, get some tickets, go out and support this man, go out and support this league, go out and support some of the players out there, you know, some out there playing to try to revive their career, trying to do some big things, whether it's the big three, whether it's overseas, whether it's the NBA, support these guys, support this endeavor, support Ice Cube, support Rashad McCants. Rashad, absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Nothing but the best of luck moving man. forward. We'd love to do it again.
1: Man, I appreciate it, man. And follow me on Instagram, Rashad McCants, man.
0: Support this man. Appreciate it.
1: All
0: right, brother. Sean McCann's
1: <clears throat>
0: number one pick in the Big Three draft. Big Three gets started June 25th at the Barclays Center. So make sure you head on out there and support Big Three, support other things going on with the Big Three we got a few more moments left. We have um, the uh, NBA Draft Lottery, the Boston Celtics got the number one pick, the Lakers got the second pick, and LeVar Ball, you know, he put it in the universe, and he says he's going to keep saying it until it happens, but it's it's looking more and more and more and more and more like it's going to happen. That it's, it seems, it's, I don't want to say a foregone conclusion because you never know what the Lakers are going to do. You know, there's always a possibility to trade the pick and, you know, try to get a veteran. But it just seems like that's the logical place for Lonzo Ball. You know what I mean? He's an he's a LA kid. And so it makes sense. A California kid, it just makes sense. And we'll see what happens. And obviously, like I said, anything can happen. But obviously, we look at Lonzo Ball, it just seems like L.A. would be the logical place, just be the place for Lonzo Ball. And we'll see what happens. It should be fun. I, I know that. But, hey, you know, Magic's it's going to do his due diligence. Looks like Boston will probably take faults. I mean, I don't know if ball necessarily makes sense for them. You you can argue for the Lakers. You do have D'Angelo Russell. But, again, I don't know. They don't know exactly what he is. It should be interesting to see what they do. But I was hoping as a 76ers fan that the lottery would go my way, Lakers would get five, and we get that Laker pick. And so that's what I was hoping. Whatever. I want to thank Rashad McCann for stopping by. Make sure you check him out, and make sure you check out the Big Three heading to Barclay Center out there in June. Get some tickets. Support that. Also, blogtalkradio.com slash P-Gam, where You can listen to this show and other great shows. Also, the website, goforagainstports.com. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See ya. Take okay.